about the God that we serve. Now for your announcements, please follow along with me. Women's Fellowship is this Saturday, September 14th, from 9.30 to a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in the city of Covina, and the address is listed. Ladies, please join us in the Peace Hall as we continue to explore the mission of the church. The August ladies will be our gracious hosts, so please be a friend and bring a friend. The prayer line continues to operate Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 a.m. The telephone and access code are in the bulletin, and please remember when you're not praying to mute your phones. Information regarding electronic giving and about our podcasts are also listed in the bulletin. And that concludes our announcements for today. Govern yourselves accordingly and be blessed. Nobody like the Lord, nobody like him. Nobody like him. Amen. I thought the brothers was gonna cut loose in the dance. Um there's a man come on Facebook, Dr. Herb or something like that. And it, he kicks off the day with people dancing. I mean those folks be they be praising the Lord. So when I, I I'm not a Facebook person, but I flip on there. And I watch those people, they bring joy to my heart. Amen. They be praising the Lord. Amen. Sister Barnum, Juanita Barnum said, if you don't understand my pain, if you don't know my pain, then you won't understand my praise. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we adore you. We bless you. We honor you. Thank you so much. For this day, thank you for this time of praise and worship. Thank you for the time now as we stand behind this sacred dust, share the word of the Lord. Holy Spirit of God, these are your people. So we ask now for revelation knowledge that you would just, as we submit ourselves to you, give us what to give these, your wonderful people, and give all of us this test, good testimony that it was good for us to have been here this day at this time in this place. Now let the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight, O God, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. You take your Bibles and turn to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 10, and we're going to be looking at about uh, a few verses, uh, uh, verse 30 through 37. Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 37. Some of us know this as the Good Samaritan. Good Samaritan. Amen. Luke chapter 10. I'll read those verses and then we'll come up. And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jericho to Jerusalem and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him 
and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. On the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. Underline that word, compassion, on him. And went to him, and he was, excuse me, and went to him and bound up his wounds and poured in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him into, brought him to the inn and took care of him. And on the, on the morrow when he departed, he took two pence and gave them to him and, say, and said, Whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which, which now of these three did if thou think neighborly unto them that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showeth mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do likewise. I want to talk this morning from this thought, caring enough to make a difference. Just help me. Would you look at somebody next to you and let's say this. Caring enough to make a difference. We live in a universe where people are hurting. We live in a world, in a nation where people are hurting. In our communities, there are people that are hurting. On our jobs, there are people that are hurting. Some, and right, we're sitting in church with people that are hurting. They're smiling on the outside, but they're wounded on the inside. So there's a lot of hurting going on, but there's not enough people that care enough to make a difference. Now, there are people that care. When I was, when back in Dumas when I was a kid, they had a saying, we had a saying that I feel for you, but I can't reach you. But it is that I, I see your hurt, I see your wound, I see that you're suffering, but it's going to cause me to go too much out of my way. So I, I can't help you, I've got to pass on the other side. With that kind of attitude, that we won't change anything, not even our environment. 
because in order to help people, you've got to go out of your way sometime to help somebody. Now, that was a strange thing that happened to me this morning was I was just kind of feasting on what I was going to share. And all of a sudden, an incident that DJ, our second grandson, had in Chicago on his way back to Knox University in Galesburg, uh, uh, Illinois. He has, DJ has a heart of gold. He has a compassionate heart. So he was there in Chicago trying to get a flight to go to Peoria where and then catch a train or something from Peoria. Uh, they, I think they were going to pick him up in Peoria to take him to Galesburg. And he saw this blind man in the airport. And looked like, he didn't know this man. But looked like this man was misoriented. He didn't know what, he was do, what to do. He was just uh, lost. But DJ was having an issue trying to get a flight out himself. But DJ stopped what he was doing and went over and helped this man. And he stayed with the man and he said he didn't want to leave the man. But he knew if he didn't leave him and he didn't get to Galesburg, he was going to have a, a greater issue when he got to school that Monday morning. Because the professor may not have taken his, his excuse as being legitimate. So the Lord dropped that into my spirit. Here's a young man, but he cared enough to make a difference. Now, when, when, when people care enough to make a difference, they become vulnerable, subject to having their feelings hurt. Now, nobody likes have that feeling say to I me mean, we all well, I don't like to feel bad but sometimes if you're going to help somebody you're going to have your feelings hurt sometimes have you ever tried to help somebody and you, you were going out of your way to try to help them and they didn't appreciate it don't raise your hands I, but we've all been there you went out of your way to do something for somebody and they didn't even have the audacity to say thank you. Now that burns me up. I, I don't, my, my mama drilled that in, and I know, I know I'm overboard on that. But my mother and father drilled that in me. When somebody do something for you, at least you can say is thank you. So, so it, it, you get to have, you, you are subject to having your feelings hurt. The second thing, you become vulnerable and subject to being taken advantage of. Sometimes when we try to help people, we go out of our way, and then they, they just figure out how they, can, how they can take advantage of us. I know all of us have probably been, some of us have been there, where you try to help somebody, and they're sitting on the side trying to take advantage of you. Somebody's car broke down and you're trying to give them a boost and they figuring how can I get in the car to steal their purse? Isn't that something? But, you, but you're trying to help somebody. So this, the next thing is when you uh, 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 care enough to make a difference, you, you, you be subject to being misunderstood. 
Have you ever tried to help somebody? And they thought you had something else in mind. You're trying to take advantage of me. And all you're trying to do, you're just trying to help them. But they figure you're trying to take advantage of them. You're setting them up for something. Yeah, I know you want to help me this way, but you got something else in mind. So you become subject to being misunderstood. Next thing, you come, become subject to being criticized. You're trying to help a person. You're trying to do good, help a person get out of a dilemma. And then somebody says, look at them. They, they think they're something. They're always trying to uh, help somebody. Well, you ain't doing nothing. So I'm trying to make a change. I do care enough to make a difference. And people will criticize you for trying to help somebody. The, next, the last thing is, when you're trying to care enough to make a difference, you subject yourself to physical abuse, physical attack. You're down on, on skid row, and you're trying to give somebody something, and they go, oh, they want to they fight you. Oh, no, I, I don't want to fight. I just want to help you. So you subject yourself to that. And so sometimes when you care enough to make a difference, you become very vulnerable. But you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Because Jesus said that we need to do this. Now, some of us depend, are dependent upon the government to change our environment. If you, I'm sure there's nobody in here would disagree with me. We're living in a sick world, hurting world. I don't care where you live, Beverly Hills, I don't care, Hollywood, wherever you live, Baldwin Park, wherever you live, uh, in Chino, Chino Hills, it doesn't matter. You've got somebody there that's struggling. So all of us know. So we're dependent upon the government to do stuff that God has given the church a divine mandate to change the world. If the world is going to be changed, it is predicated upon you and I caring enough to make a difference. And we're going to see that later on. In 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 to 30, Jesus said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. So he goes on and talks about, he says now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to him by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ecclesia, the body of Christ, the ministry of reconciliation. If you're born again and washed in the blood of Jesus, you have the ministry of reconciliation. Making a change. You, you have it inside of you. You got the anointing, the power of God inside of you, but you have to release it. Then he says in verse 19, to which God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, 
not imputing their transgressions unto them, and has committed unto the unto us the words of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, and he says, now, I beseech you, be ye reconciled to God. We have a divine mate, divine mandate to bring people back in relation, right relationship with God. Nobody else is going to do that. That's the ecclesia, the body of Christ. That's our assignment. Second Corinthians, excuse me, and in, in uh, uh, Luke 14, uh, 23, it says, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel men to come unto me, that my house might be filled. If we're going to fill this building, we've got to care enough to make a difference. It's just not going to happen, but you've got to share your faith with somebody. Now, being a good Samaritan is more than just helping people, but you've got to tell people about the love of God. Why am I doing what I'm doing is because Jesus has put something down on the inside of me, and I've got to fulfill that divine mandate. 2 Chronicles 7, 14 says, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I would hear from heaven, I would forgive their sins, and I'll heal the land. How many of you want God to heal the land? Amen. Somebody may, be, somebody may be saying, I'm just a no, little nobody. I can't do it. I, I can't. I'm just one little person. But we need to work together. But you're not just somebody. You're just, not just anybody. The pastor was telling us that last Sunday. You're valuable. For Peter says that you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Call to be the anointing of God to inherit the blessings from God. You're not just anybody, but you're a child of the king. Somebody ought to give God some praise right there. <laughs> Pastor Don William, I think he wrote this song, says you and I can change the world. Not one person. He didn't, he didn't write this song? Oh, okay. I think he did. He did? Oh, okay. Well, I, I heard him. That's why I heard it from him. Say, so you and I can change the world. Now, here in our text this morning, Dr. Luke is, is open, he opened up with a, a dialogue talking about the 70 that he sent out. He sent out 70 two by two. And he told them what to do. Go into the city and if a person receive you, I want you to heal the sick, open the blinded eyes, anoint people because that's your divine anointed mandate. 
And, and they went out, and they went out and sent them out two by two. And that's one of the things. We care enough to make a difference, but you need to be careful about going out by yourself. You need to go with somebody else. And somebody says, you have one that watches and the other one that prays. So Jesus sent them out two by two and told them what to do. And they went out, and they saw the power of God working upon them, and they came back, and they were rejoicing with Jesus, rejoicing that the power of God was working in them. But Jesus told them, don't you rejoice because the power of God is working inside of you. But you need to rejoice because your name is written in the Lamb book of life. So he, he said that, that this is what, what we need to do. And he was talking about going through this divine band-aid. Then he says now, I want you to heal people, save, get people saved, deliver them, because the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labels are few. Pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he might send forth laborers into the vineyard. So it's about getting people in the right relationship with God, getting people born again and washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was a, and as he began to share, there was a man, a lawyer sitting there. Now this wasn't just a legal lawyer, but this was a person that interpreted the, the Jewish law. A lawyer was sitting there, and I don't know why, when, when, you, when you're doing the work of God, there's always somebody trying to trick you up. So he's figuring, how can I trick up Jesus? But see, the dude didn't know who he was messing with. So he, he, he went to Jesus trying to tempt him. And he said, well, Master, what must I do to be saved? Well, if you don't have to do anything to gain an inheritance. Inheritance is a gift given to you. But Jesus said, well, and, and I, I, I like the way Jesus does things. He answers a question with a question. So he says now, well, he, you know, you're a lawyer, you interpret all, what do you, what do you read in, in, in the law? And this man put two scriptures together. Leviticus, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 15, Leviticus chapter 8 and verse 18. He put those two together and he says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. He said, well, great. Good job, buddy. He said, you go and do that. And then you, you'll, you'll get it. See, when you love God with all your heart, you love him with all your soul, your mind, and your strength, you will love your neighbor as yourself. You will do what God has given you to do. So Jesus says, good job, good job, good job. So now he gets real sarcastic. Now I'm not saying lawyers are, uh, we have a lawyer in our family. But you, you, sometimes you don't want to try to tangle them up mess with them because they, they always think in the head. But, Jesus, but he didn't know he was speaking to the king of kings and the lord of lords. So he says, well, he said, love my neighbor. I know who God is. 
said, well, said, who is my neighbor? Now, Jesus let him know a neighbor is not defined by a name or any geographical area. But a neighbor is defined by a need. Whoever have a need is your neighbor. It may not look like you, but they have a need. They are the creation of God. So whoever have a need, they are your neighbor. So then he says, uh, 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 well, well, who, 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 who is my neighbor? Jesus said, uh, uh, how do you interpret the law? What does the law say? Love God? Yeah. Then the law says, uh, my neighbor is myself, but now I don't know who my neighbor is. And Jesus proceeded to give this parable. He said that by chance, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. It was a road about 17 miles long. It was a, a wandering doctor, late Dr. Martin Luther King said that he and his wife had the opportunity to go on this road. It was a winding road. You start out at about 1,200 feet above sea level. And about 20 minutes, you end up with about 2,200 feet below sea level. Wandering road. It was conducive to ambush. It was called in Jesus' day the bloody path. Now, kind of remind me when I came to California and uh, I was living in Monrovia uh, and they was telling me uh, you know, and I had met somebody that lived in L.A. And so I would go over to see her and they said, now don't go down on Central. Now she lived off of Central. So we'll go, go down 70 something in Central and, and, uh, and go, don't, go, don't go down there 60 something in Central. Don't you go down there. Because they, they will jack you up. <laughs> so I, 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 one day I just got, I had, had a 52 Mercury. I painted that thing a loud orange and you could see it for miles away. <laughs> A stick shift converted. It was a column. I'd made it a floor stick shift. But the problem was, the guy that did it didn't do it right. And every so often, the linkage would hang up. So I carried a blanket in the back. I had to get, up, get out and get up under the car and then adjust the linkage. So I, one day, I just drifted on down on Central Avenue. Now, somebody may be saying now, don't, don't, go, don't go down on Mission. No, don't, don't, don't you go on Holt Avenue. But this Jericho Road was known as the bloody path, conducive to thieves would be there. They would rip people off and hurt people and, and kill people down on the bloody path. And Jesus said, by chance, a priest came by. The preacher, the pastor came by. He came by, and when he was on his way down, he said, I'm on my way to church. I've got folk waiting on me. I've got to preach to them. 
but he stopped by, he, he, he looked at the man. Now, perhaps he, he thought, if I stopped to help this man, what would happen to me? Uh, he may have thought that it, it was a decoy, that they were laying, trying to get a trap, trying to rip me off. So you know what? Uh, oh, oh, everybody for themselves, God for us all, I, I, I better keep moving because uh, they, they're waiting on me to preach to them at the church. Then he said, by chance came a Levi, praise and worship leader, on, on, on his way to, to church. And, and he came when he saw the man. He looked at the man. He went over. He did a little more than preach. He went over to him and looked at him. Mm, mm. And he probably looking back and up as he looked at him. But he, but he may have thought, perhaps if, if, if the same thing, if I stopped to help this priest, this uh, wounded man, what's, what would they have to me? They may be trying to rip me off. And then he said, to justify his action, now you know I've got to get there for praise and worship because it comes up right after they do devotion, we do praise and worship. Uh, we do praise and worship to get the church going. So I got to be there. So you know what? Adios, I'm, I'm going. Bless you, bless you. There are folk that always sometimes, they have a need to meet a need, but it's amazing how they look at you and say, I'm praying for you. Don't pray, do it. Well, thank you, Jesus. So Jesus said, oh, oh bless the Lord. Then, then uh, he says, now there's another person, a Samaritan. Now, Samaritans and the Jews didn't have no dealings. You probably heard somebody say, uh, uh, talking about a person's relationship to another. But Jesus, they're just like the Samaritans and the Jews. See, the Samaritans were, were half-breeds. And during the time of uh, Solomon's reign, when, 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 when after David died and Solomon took over, Rehoboam, well, actually, actually after Solomon died, Rehoboam took two tribes down south, Benjamin and Judah. And they combined them and they called them Judah. But old Jeroboam, he took ten tribes up north and they intermingled with the Samaritans and that's why they were called half-breeds. They didn't have no dealing with it. Do you remember the story in John chapter 4? When the woman, when Jesus came to the woman, said, give me some water. She said, oh, oh no. So you, y'all, where you been? Said, but you know the Jews and, 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 and the Samaritans, we don't have no dealing with each other. So, so, so Jesus said, a Samaritan is kind of like being down in Arkansas in 1950. And there was another person of another color was wounded. You, you didn't stop by. You kept moving. You wouldn't stop by to help them. As a matter of fact, during that time, you may get on your knees and pray and ask God, take them on in, because I'm not going to stop and help them. But there was a Samaritans that came by. 
He just on his way. He he just moving, going, doing his thing. But when he saw this man that was wounded, he didn't see just a wounded Jew, but he saw a person created in the image of God. And, and, and notice what he said. And when, when he saw him, he came over to him and he had compassion upon him. Somebody said, anytime you see in the Bible the word compassion, a miracle is about to happen. So this Samaritan, which should have been moving on, he stopped and he saw a creation of God there. And he said that he went over to him, he took some wine and, and, and poured in him uh, like a sand and patched him up and nurtured him and, and, and he took him, put him on his own horse. He's walking and had him on the horse leaving him. See, when, when, you, care, when you care enough to make a difference, you forget about yourself, so to speak. And you begin to look at other people. It's not about my needs, but it's the need of the person that is hurting. So Jesus said that the Samaritan took him and nurtured him. Took him to the hotel. To the, I don't, may have been a hotel six. I don't know, but it was a hotel better than what he had. Took him to the motel six. And told the man, said, now, I, I did all I can do to help him. So, but I got to go into town. I got to go and do some more shopping in town. But I'm coming back this way. Now, here's my American Express. Uh, uh, here's my MasterCard. Here's my Visa. You put it on file. And I want you to take care of him. And whatever else is due, when I come back through here, I'll take care of him. So Jesus asked the man, who was neighborly? So the lawyer said, well, the one that did good. He says, go and do likewise. Now in this text, I see three philosophies of life. The philosophy of the thief. What's mine is mine. And what's yours is mine. And if you don't give it to me, I'll take it from you. Then there's the philosophy of the priest and the Levite. What's mine is mine. What's yours is yours. You feed your family, I'll feed mine. You educate your kids, I'll educate mine. You stay on your side of the track, and I'll stay on my side of the track. Then there's another one, the Samaritan's philosophy. What's mine is mine. What's yours is yours. But if you need it, you don't have to ask for it. If you need it, I'll give it to you. 
caring enough to make a difference. Now there's a story that was told of a little boy that was walking down the road. And it said the little boy fell in a deep ditch. And he was crying, help me, help me, somebody help me. Along came a man with a rope. And he tried to help the boy, but the rope was too short. Along came another man with another rope. And he tried to reach down, but his rope was too short. So two men standing on the side, scratching their heads. What can we do to help this kid get out of this ditch? And then along came a lady. Saw the two men scratching their heads. Heard the little boy crying out, help me, help me. Somebody please help me. So the woman looked at the two men and they said, well, well, we tried to help them, but our ropes were too short. So she said, why don't you tie your rope together? Mm, Jesus. And let them down and pick them up, pick the little boy up. So they tried their ropes together and got the little boy out of trouble. We can't do it by ourselves. I need you, you need me. We all of God's children. We all need somebody to help us. There are people in life, I'm getting ready to close, that have fallen in the ditch of alcoholism. They've fallen in the ditch of drug addiction. They've fallen in the ditch of economic depression. They've fallen in the ditch of lesbianism and, hom and homosexuality. They've fallen in the ditch of gang banging. They've fallen in the ditch of rejection. They've fallen in the ditch of low self-esteem. They've fallen in the ditch of gambling addiction. They've fallen in the ditch of nicotine addiction. And they are crying, help me. Somebody, please help me. I need help. So we need to tie our ropes together and care enough to make a difference. There are some, there are some of us today that God picked us up. We were seeking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard God from Zion a despairing cry, and from those waters he lifted me. Now safe am I because somebody cared enough to make a difference. I came to Jesus. 
just as I was, weary, wounded, and sad, but I found in him a resting place, and he had made me glad. I don't have to be sad no more, but Jesus, he lifted me from seeking sand. He lifted me. They said I wasn't going to be anything. But Jesus, I said, Jesus, he came along, changed my life. Oh, the joy that filled my soul since Jesus came into my life. He changed my life. Because there was somebody that cared enough to make a difference. And God says, today, I'm moving on some of you today to get out of your comfort, comfort zone. I'll put people in your path. And you've been praying. He said, but now it's time to put some legs on your prayers. We want to care enough to make a difference. If I can help somebody as I travel along, if I can cheer them up with a word or song, if I can show somebody that they're going wrong, then my living, my living shall not be in vain. Everybody's standing.